0: Hey, if you'd like to... Wait. No, let me think of this. <laughs> I know I can do it. How's it going, A? It's going good.
1: Sweet. How's it going with you? Yeah, it's done. Going pretty good. I never uh, actually ask. I, I just try to get that segment over as soon as possible. Yeah. And I realized, hey, it's kind of rude not to return the question. The whole
0: world's gone to hell, but how are you?
1: <laughs> yeah. I'm super. Thanks for asking. But, but in fairness, that's kind of a way for him to get to say he's super. He wants right. to... He wants that to be the norm. He wants you to ask so that he can tell you. He's Absolutely. Super. It's not it's not not really caring that much. No, no. <laughs> he has his whole doing. production number yeah. ready to go. <laughs> yeah, cuz he's feeling so so ridiculously super. Yeah. He can't he can't be bothered with things like propriety. <laughs> and and empathy for his fellow humans. He's just feeling too super. Yes. Mm -hmm. And he's going to go for it. (laughs) (laughs) So, you remembered
0: how to tie a tie because you have to wear a tie for work now. You're one of the suits, as we mentioned last time.
1: I technically didn't remember the first time. Ah. So, I couldn't remember. Therefore, I did what I usually do, which is look up how to tie a tie online. Sure. Mm -hmm. And even though I don't I I really don't like videos for any instruction because I just want to flip to the relevant things and not deal with the things that aren't relevant. And it's always, hey, everybody, thanks for watching my video. Just want to remind you to hit that like button, (laughs) smash that subscribe button, and hit the bell bell. so that you're notified uh, whenever I make a video. I'm like, I don't even know what your channel is. I have no idea. I want to subscribe, you're telling me up front? Like, mm-hmm. come on, can we just get to the thing? Like, I'm, I'm late, and I need to know how to tie a tie. <laughs> <laughs> but I took a chance on this video, and for some reason, it's just this dude standing in front of the camera with a, a nice Oxford, and he ties a tie uh, in the, the, the four-in-hand method, one of the simplest knots. And for whatever reason, I just it clicked this time. I went. Oh, it actually is really simple. It's it's just two loops around through the neck hole and down through the knot, and boom, you're done. Right. And it, it just stuck in my head that way. And so the same when we came to look up the 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 Windsor and the Pratt to see if you know the the, the symmetrical knots is what mm-hmm. those are. Uh yeah. But uh, but they're a little more complicated and harder to do. Harder to do neatly, I would right. say. And if you don't measure the, the ends, if you don't get them uh, to the right proportions, you know mm-hmm. the the long end x times or the short end or something.
0: It seems like those big big knot ties were most popular in an era where short ties were okay, like mm-hmm. wearing your tie short. Right, right. You had because you you need a lot of
1: length to get that that big knot. True. It, uh, For it a Windsor, especially. Yeah. Yeah, the Pratt is a little tighter, mm-hmm. uh, and I think easier to. You're supposed to let that graze your your belt buckle, right? And then tuck the end yeah. in, which I think is weird, but but you do you. <laughs> and I I really did favor the skinnier ties, maybe not the the really really tiny ones of the mid '80s or the early '80s, but I, I much prefer the thinner to the the wide. I think mm-hmm. you can get away with that much easier than some of those massive '70s, yeah, abominations. Sure. Well,
0: and that went along with like the giant lapels mm-hmm. and the big shoulder pads and right. all that stuff was, right. you know, e- exaggerated. So it kind of it kind of worked. But you're a uh, you know you're a, a, a slim guy, so mm. the narrower tie doesn't look as it looks more proportional on you than it would on me.
1: I could see
0: that being I I don't like I the giant '70s ties either, but but right. you know,
1: no, no, no. Uh, I I hadn't thought about that. That's true you you do want to you do want to adjust to your body shape mm-hmm. whenever fashion Oh right i will is whenever fashionally possible uh. Uh, yeah it's, i would think so and that's been Thai talk here on <laughs> yeah. it's just called two brothers well it sort of leads into a music share ironically because i have been obsessed with the Jupiter 8 synthesizer uh-huh. Roland's massive... Is it a full 88 <laughs> key or is it 61? No, I think it's... Uh, I don't even know if it's 76. I think it's a uh, 61 I key. I would bet you. I would But bet. I'm not 100% on that. But, I, yeah. I don't see it in my head other than the the giant control panel. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, it it seems like keyboards these days are either below 61 or a full 88. It's a full mm-hmm. piano keyboard or... Some some miniaturized thing. Sometimes literally with tiny keys. Right, but irritatingly so. But the Jupiter Eight came out in 1981. It was, uh, I guess, on the on the upper end of keyboards at that time. Roland had a yeah. It was like their their uh, called their flagship. Their flagship synth, right? Mm -hmm. And it appeared on dozens and dozens of hit songs. Had a lot of specific sounds to specific songs. Like um, Howard Jones used it a lot. In his stuff, mm-hmm. uh, so analog synth, it's, uh, right, pre digital. Yes, exactly. Uh, and famous for being a very fat sound because people often tied the oscillators together uh so that it mm-hmm. so that it fattened up the sound so that it you could yeah. get a a slightly out of tune or out of phase component with the the same note basically yeah mm-hmm. and it was what how many was it? i think it was 8 it was a, a polysynth that did eight voices at a time. Yeah, that's, and the, that's the Jupiter 8. Yeah, that was the 8-4, exactly. And that was the next race <laughs> after 4, yeah, right. it seems. So uh, lots, of, lots of people got it, but then Roland went on to other keyboards. <laughs> they didn't want to just keep reinventing the 8. Mm-hmm. And there's something weirdly timeless about it. I was telling you that not only do I love the sound, but I love how it looks aesthetically. Mm -hmm. It's, it's just gorgeous to me. And that is both the design of the components themselves, where they fall onto the board and, and how they're labeled Mm -hmm. to the color choices. It's a, it's not quite a rainbow, (laughs) but (laughs) uh, they're, they're really sort of bright colors all along yeah. the way, they they just instead of using just labels and uh, printed boxing off of sections of of keys and knobs and things, mm-hmm. they used different colors to designate different sections of switches. Right, they color coded the the segments and uh, on the buttons sure. there. I'll link to ai I'll, I'll link to a nice a full yeah. photo of. The, the it's kind of a, a nice Some people can mix
0: see. between the era of like the Moog with the uh, where you got your patch cables all in the front. Mm-hmm. You know, now it's um, that's all internalized, and you've got all kinds of uh, sliders all across the top, and then you got your buttons, color-coded buttons in in the middle, and then your you know, your black and whites on the front side. Right. So yeah,
1: pretty cool. So, so. Uh, lots of songs with it on it, and I every once in a while we'll go just watch YouTube demos of people playing it. So that I mm-hmm. can I can hear that sound again, and I just uh, I fell down a rabbit hole this week <laughs> with that. <laughs> well, you sent me a text. I did, uh, yeah. Saying how much you you loved it. I I listened
0: to the to the one video link that you sent, mm-hmm. and I was like, oh, I know that almost. You know, right. it, certainly the sound was familiar. The sound quality, the tones they were using, but but then he had the arpeggiator on, mm-hmm. and I was like, oh, wait, that sounds like what the heck was it? Was it games people play? And I listened. To, I, <laughs> look that up, you know, the Alan Parsons project thing. Mm-hmm. Look that up. No, that's not it. But it was similar. And then I was trying to describe it to you, and you're like, uh, I feel love, the Donna, Donna Summer thing? And I'm like, no, it wasn't that one. And then I finally, I, I did a voice uh, a voice recording mm-hmm. that didn't work, and then I pulled it up an octave, and you're like, oh, well, Bob O'Reilly, the Led Zeppelin, the, I mean, the, the Led Zeppelin, the who, uh, Bob O'Reilly. And I was like, "The the intro, the Bob O'Reilly? The intro and extra, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I had no idea what Baba O'Reilly was because <laughs> you were typing in the same thing that I was just looking up and finding out that uh, oh, everybody thinks it's called Teenage Wasteland mm-hmm. because he says Teenage Wasteland so much, yes. and Baba <laughs> O'Reilly none zero times, yeah. <laughs> but strangely, that's uh, that's what it's called. Yeah. It was just like he he named it as a tribute to a couple of his influences, Correct. and then <laughs> but
1: nothing to do with the actual song. No. <laughs> No, because it didn't start off as that either. He he put the l- lyric together with that little experimental thing he did, and it was it, it's a a multi-section song.
0: He he just came up with that on his was it a Lowry organ? That's what you said. I didn't look up the actual yeah. equipment, but I'm sure, sure, sure. Yeah, yeah. It was it was a Lowry,
1: and um, he just came up with that riff, uh-huh. and then they built a song on top of but it. But it had, did it have a sequencing capability? Is that a thing for the no, library itself? I, I or is that something no, else I think it was just um,
0: it? It was just like a, uh, you know, kind of like when I was describing the vibraphone where it has a, a knob that can make the, the vibes vibe faster. Right. You know? So the, it had like a repeater. A repeater, yeah. So he did it on manually.
1: It, so That's how they, yeah, they I believe it.
0: so. Yeah. And then all kinds of people try and recreate it mm-hmm. uh, to be able to play it live. Right. But, um, it might have been a recording when they did it live sure.
1: in the, that the band. Did, I'm not sure. So, uh, well, he recorded that on its own that he recorded the keyboard part on its own for sure. And then mm-hmm. they joined it with the other bit. Yeah. Cause they didn't, he didn't need them to be there for that. Pete don't need no band. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Just asking. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he, uh, Pete wanted to put like the heartbeat of mayor Baba. His, his guru into uh, into synthesis form hmm. and have it generate a music from that thing, like his personal, his bio data or whatever. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah. What do you call that? Bi- um, biorhythm? Um, uh, know, there was a little but, category
0: for a while that became popular. Okay. Um, oh, crap. What's it called? I don't know. You know what I'm talking I about? I think so, yeah. It's like biorhythm. Right,
1: right. Not quite that, because that. that's like an astrology sort of deal, but... Yeah. Uh, anyway, anyway, go ahead. So, but that didn't that didn't obviously seem practical. So, it was a Lowry Berkshire Deluxe TBO one organ, which <laughs> has a repeat feature as a part of the marimba. Yeah. Uh, setting. Setting. Yeah. There you go. Marimba tone. So he he used that to build that part of the song, and then they added mm-hmm. this middle rock and roll section. Out here in the fields. Yeah. So that was part of. And that was part of Lifehouse, which was going to be a concept album follow on from Tommy. Mm -hmm. But (laughs) they couldn't get that going either. So it just ended up being several songs on Who's Next. Anyway, that's the trivia (laughs) of
0: Bob O'Reilly.
1: Moving on. Yeah, The Who? (laughs) Yeah. Ooh.
0: If you too like The Who, (laughs) you could send us an email and you could send it to bros at it's just called twobrothers.com. If you do the Twitter that you do, So well, you can tweet at IJC2B. It's like voodoo, that thing. (laughs) I feel like people are sticking pins in me anyway. In who? In me anyway when
1: I'm on there. Uh (laughs) (laughs) Metaphorically. No, you literally feel the pins. I feel sharp pains (laughs) when I'm trying to navigate Twitter. It's it's no longer slings and arrows. It's the pins and pains of outrageous Twitter. Twitter voodoo. (laughs)